it is Monday, and you know what that means. I scoured the internet to find some trades, and by scoured, I mean I took about five minutes before going live to record this show to find some trades to talk to you guys about. It is Monday, April 11th, and this is Dynasty Trade Talk. Welcome to the meeting. This is Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. I'm your fantasy football mentor, Antoine Weisslicker. Follow me on all social media at Weisslicker. Be true to thyself. Embrace your addiction. And as always, champ, earn your chip. Whew, man. It's been a long week for me. Um, didn't really do any trades Got a few trade talks going on. Gonna possibly use some of the stuff that I've been speaking to people about to my advantage. Um, One thing that I want to say to you guys is do not get caught up in age. Don't believe that people are more valuable because they are younger here in Dynasty. That's not the case at all. We want to look at the things that I told you guys about in previous episodes. We want to look at their past production, their current situation, and utilize our own projections on where we believe that these guys will finish in the next three seasons, over the next three seasons. So, yes, age is a factor. If we don't believe that this guy is going to be viable enough to finish three seasons Or if we believe that the guy isn't, if if he's, you know, on the wrong side of 30, then yes, we don't want to be dealing with that. But if we got guys that are 27, 28 years old, we can still look at those guys and put them on our fantasy teams as viable options because we know that they're going to still play. So don't get caught up in the age. And then also don't get caught up in people that constantly project. That they're not thinking about what actually has been done. Or they're a little one-sided, one-track minded. We want to take advantage of those types of people. For instance, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, this past season, he finished as the running back 23 overall. He was roughly about 10.9 fantasy points per game. Um, For that, that would have put him, where would that have put him? Um, Give me one second here. A.J. Dillon, 10.9 fantasy points per game. I believe that would have put him roughly around that, uh, that low end portion as well with his fantasy points per game. Uh, that would have put him 29th. So he would have still been a high-end uh, running back three, mid to running back three, still on that low end of the spectrum of a running back two. But in speaking with people about A.J. Dillon, they just flat out, he's a backup. I don't want him. The backup. That's what they said about him. Not realizing that. He led the Packers in both rushing attempts 
and rushing yards. And I believe he outpaced Aaron Jones in rushing touchdowns as well. Um, he had seven and Aaron Jones had. Well, Aaron Jones had 10 total touchdowns. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what Aaron Jones rushing touchdowns were. But the fact of the matter is, is that those guys completely split carries last year. But if somebody is dead set of thinking, hey, he's just a backup. I don't want him. Or you could take him off my team. If if that is the... It, because sometimes you have to look at the fact when one person thinks about him, yeah, Aaron Jones had four rushing touchdowns. A.J. Dillon had seven. Now, when somebody says to you something like that, we then want to, we don't want to poll the, the, we don't want to poll the group. You know, especially if you're just talking about it, neither one of you have that player, but when you hear somebody talk about that, like in one league, you can take that to other leagues and 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 see if you can get. Well, AJ Dillon had five rushing touchdowns. My apologies. Um, you could take that type of information and you could take that to your other leagues and see if other people think that. Like, if you don't have AJ Dillon in one of your leagues, go and see if somebody just feels like, yo, he's a backup. He ain't doing much. See if you could get him for. For pennies on the dollar. You know, those are the type of things when I say take advantage of the perception that people have of certain players. If they perceive that this player is more valuable than what you know in reality to be true. So if they perceive Cam Akers to be a running back one even though he's never finished that way, take advantage of those people. Trade him at this highest point where people are thinking that he's a wide, he's a running back one. Trade him as if he is a running back one. Where people just think of A.J. Dillon as a backup, go buy him at the backup's price. Go buy him like he's just a handcuff. That's what I mean when I say we need to take advantage of the perception that other people have of certain players. Now, it's early for me, so people grab your coffee or whatever you do, your energy drinks, whatever you do to stay awake in the wee hours of the morning, you grab that because that's what I'm on right now. I had to get get some stuff to keep myself awake i'm mostly on my juice thing i'm a juice guy so you'll excuse me if sometimes i have to stop and take a, a couple sips here but when we're talking about trading we want to make sure that we are using those three aspects that i told you guys about past production current situation and future projections Utilize all three of them encompassing so that we can make the best trade decisions possible. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Just as we do every offseason uh, Monday, 
where we talk about some trades that we found on the internet. Now, when we're talking about these trades, of course, we're if we know what the format is, if it's 10-team, 12-team, Superflex, PPR, whatever, we're going to utilize those aspects if we know them. If we don't know them, then we're just going to assume that it's a 12-team Superflex full PPR because that's the type of leagues that I myself personally like to play in. So I'm definitely going to do that. And, of course, I did not, again, execute any trades this week. I did talk about some trades, had to reject some trades. But if the trade isn't completed, doesn't go through, not putting that out here on the show for you guys. We give you the finished product. Yes, I can tell you about some things that I'm thinking, but I tell you the things that I'm thinking when I'm looking at these other trades that have been executed and tell you which side I would want to be on. So we're definitely going to get into that. And the first one that we have for you guys today, the 2022-101 and Deontay Johnson, wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers, was traded away to acquire Justin Jefferson, wide receiver of the Minnesota Vikings. Now, we're looking at this and we're saying Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, most people will consider him a top five, maybe top three dynasty wide receiver. He's 22 years old. You know, he's had two great seasons so far. He averages about 19 fantasy points per game. He finished as the overall wide receiver four last season. This is the type of stuff where you say, if I'm giving up assets, I'm trying to get somebody like him. But then we look at Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson... 25 years old. He's been a wide receiver one this past season. He was wide receiver eight overall. Um, He finished with about 17 and a half fantasy points per game. So he's about two points per game underneath of uh, Justin Jefferson here. Uh, Four slots as the overall finish from him. And he did this with not great quarterback play, not great offensive line play as well. We understand that Justin Jefferson is top of the tops when it comes to these wide receivers and being that he's youthful. But we're also looking at the 101 this year. The 101 this year, most people are consensus is that it will be Brees Hall. Now, Brees Hall as a prospect, He's one of those good, good prospects that have come out, man. When they talk about his his physical attributes, his speed, his, his skill, he's one of those guys that when it comes to fantasy numbers and how we look at things like BMI and how people look at things like the BMI and all of that uh, analytical data, 
he is one of the best prospect profiles that they had, that we've had. He's got that prospect profile like a Jonathan Taylor. You know, that's the type of prospect profile he's had. So if you're looking at the 101 in Deontay Johnson for Justin Jefferson, some people are saying, I might go with that. But you're in a slim few. Slim few are saying that they might go with that. Me personally, I'm always looking for the amount of assets that I can trade away. If I can take Deontay Johnson or that 101 and flip it for something else, that could give me more than what I would get with just Justin Jefferson. A lot of people will go out there and they'll say, oh, Justin Jefferson, I'm not trading him for anything less than three first-rounders. Look, I've already told you guys several times, nobody in fantasy football is worth three first-round picks to me. I don't care who they are. But in this particular case, I will be in the minority here I would take the, my shot on the 101 with Brees Hall, and I'd take Deontay Johnson. I believe he's good enough of a receiver. I mean, no, he's not going to fill in for Justin Jefferson, you know. But I want more assets on my team. Could I possibly get more assets on my team? I don't think anybody else would. I don't, I don't believe anybody would offer up Brees Hall and Deontay Johnson just for Justin Jefferson. I unless they just are set everywhere else on their team. And this here is a that was a 10 team dynasty PPR league. You know, again the 10 teamers you're looking for the high end. So more likely than not here with the 10 team, I'd be going and take Justin Jefferson here. I forgot to look at the the specs here. With the 10 team, you want the high-end production. You want guys who who are fantasy studs. You want the studs on your team. Um, and Justin Jefferson is considered a stud because you got to beat out so many people. You got you, you to gotta beat out the guys that you have. Everybody in a 10-team league is going to have a pretty decent roster. So you're going to want that that way. But if this was a 12-team, I'd be looking to go the other way with it. I want more assets on my team that I could potentially utilize to trade away. Um, so there you have it. Up next, uh, we've got Joe Burrow. T. Higgins, so the Joe Burrow T. Higgins stack, and the 2022-109, so this is the 109, this was again another 10-teamer, um, they didn't say whether or not this was a super flex, or not. oh, excuse me, this is a 10-teamer, two-quarterback league, um, so they gave up Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and the 109 to get Robert Woods, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, and a 2022-301. Again, 10-teamer. You're trying to get the top of the tops. 
you gave away a 109 in T. Higgins, who is a low-end wide receiver two, to get, you know, a he's been a wide receiver one in Tyreek Hill. Hopefully he'll continue to be that. But you're getting a wide receiver one in Tyreek Hill and uh, a top five quarterback here in uh, in Patrick Mahomes. So, of course, you're going to take that side. I, I believe in this, again, we're talking about those 10-teamers. In the 10-teamers, you're looking to get the the best guys. You're looking to get the high-end guys, and that's going to be your guy there. Again, you know, a top five quarterback year in and year out in Patrick Mahomes and a top 10 wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. And then you got Robert Woods, who, if healthy, he has the potential to be, you know, roughly around that range that T. Higgins is currently. So that's that's a good trade for both sides, though. I can see where, you know, you would want to have Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and that 109. That 109 could potentially become someone such as a George Pickens or a Wondell Robinson or something of that nature. Um, some people are even saying Sky Moore might go early in the, uh, in the first round So of rookie drafts, by the way. But, you know, again, we're talking about these guys. Give me the, the side that has the two stud players on it in a 10-teamer because that's what we're looking for. Those are the moves that we want to be looking for in those in those types of leagues. The 10 teamers you want, the stud players. Up next, 12 team dynasty PPR. Well, of course, this is dynasty. We we're talking about dynasty leagues. You got the rookie 101, which again, most people are believing that is going to be Brees Hall. Or Cowboys wide receiver CD Lamb. Now, me, I always lean running back. I'm one of those people that I value the the running back position more than I value anything else, the positional scarcity. I'm always loading up on running backs in my rookie drafts. Um, I heavily scout running backs. So I scout them more than I'll scout wide receivers, quarterbacks. I don't really care about those positions. I feel like those positions, I can look at them and I can say, you know, where the landing spot is, how good they were with their college tape. I can look at their college tape and be like, yep, they're that, that. That's good, that's good, that's good. Similar to me looking at Amara St. Brown, knowing that he was going to be pretty good. And his landing spot being with the Detroit Lions helped out a bit. But there are a lot of players that I scouted last season with, as far as the wide receiver position, where, excuse me, even though they didn't have the greatest landing spots, I knew that they would be good at some point. And I still believe in those guys at some point as well. Um, even though they didn't have the greatest first season, like Rashad Bateman, I still believe in that guy. I believe that his talent is going to put him at the top of the receiving options for 
the Baltimore Ravens, and they drafted him to do so. Um, you know, but in this particular situation, again, I lean more running back than I do wide receiver. I love C.D. Lamb. I think that he is a really good player. I'm anxious to see what he's going to look like without Amari Cooper there and him being the guy because they traded away Amari Cooper to make him the guy. So him being the guy, I'm interested in seeing that. But again, we're going to be taking the 101, even if it's just for the tradable asset. We haven't gotten to the draft yet, so they're saying the rookie 101. Yes, we believe that it may be Brees Hall, but what you can do with that 101 is even if it comes down to that particular point when you're in the draft or right before the draft, you can say, hey, who wants Brees Hall? And you can trade that for something more, potentially, than you can do with C.D. Lamb at at that point in time. Right now, of course, most people are going to say, no, C.D. Lamb is worth two first-round picks. But we're again, we're talking about the 101, and we're putting a name to the 101 at that at this particular point in time. And I believe that people love those running back prospects. And we talked about the running back prospect profile of Brees Hall. It is similar to that of a Jonathan Taylor. And we've seen what Jonathan Taylor has done in the league. People are hoping that Brees Hall can do the same. You want that opportunity. If you have the 101, you're not trading him away for CeeDee Lamb at this particular point in time. Next trade we got. It didn't give us any indication of what this league is. So, like I said before, we're going to pretend that this is a 12-team super flex PPR, full PPR. We got Melvin Gordon and Janu Smith traded away to get Brandon Cooks, the newly extended receiver for the Houston Texans. I'm in the mindset that I want the guys who I know are going to be starters and who's going to get work in this particular instance, I want Brandon Cooks. So I'm going to trade away Melvin Gordon and Jonu Smith for Brandon Cooks. I think that is a that's a pretty good move for whoever got Brandon Cooks. I think you giving away those two assets, maybe if this was a tight end premium league, I can see why the person would want to take Jonu Smith. But right now, Melvin Gordon doesn't even have a team. Um, I believe Denver said they wanted him back, but he's out here talking with the Ravens and things like that. So we'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon. But Brandon Cooks, man, reliable as hell for me, man. Um, I love that reliability, that consistency. Give me, of course, Brandon Cooks. Up next, we got a three-way trade, and you know how I feel about three-way trades. The only good three ways is when you're in the bedroom, baby. Like, <laughs> this shit right here, three ways in fantasy football 
they rarely work out. Some teams, you know, somebody's eating it and somebody else is taking advantage of the other two. So we'll see what happens with this one. So the first team that was involved in this one, man, they gave up Dawson Knox and they got back a 2023 second and the 2022-203. So they got two first-round picks for giving up Dawson Knox. Not bad, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, The next team gave up Derrick Henry and the 2022-203 and got back Joe Mixon. Again, it's a little much. Joe Mixon, and I'm the. Everybody knows I'm a huge Joe Mixon fan. I, I think he's one of the best running backs in the league. Love his talent. Love watching him run the football. He's one of my favorites to watch, along with Alvin Kamara, is one of my favorites to watch as well. And everybody knows how I feel about Derrick Henry. I believe that he is again, just a product of being big, and getting a bunch of carries. I don't believe he is as skilled as a lot of other backs, but he is a really good back for what he does. So even me saying, yo, the, the 203 and Derrick Henry giving up for Joe Mix, just Joe Mixon, a little much there, but okay. And then the other person gave up Joe Mixon in a 2023 second to get back Derrick Henry and Dawson Knox. I mean, I'm not a, I understand Dawson Knox had him a pretty good year. I'm not a Dawson Knox believer. I'm not the guy who, who's going to sit up here and be like, oh, Dawson Knox. They also brought in OJ Howard. Again, I'm not the biggest Dawson Knox fan, but the first team that we discussed who gave up Dawson Knox and got the two second-round picks, a 2023 second, and then the 203 in 2022, I believe he made out the best in this particular aspect. And the only reason I'm saying that is because the guy who gave up Derrick Henry and the 203 He only got back Joe Mixon. I don't think he had to pay that much. I think he could have. It could have just been a a straight up. If he if he would have went to the person who had Derrick Henry, if he would have went to the person who had Joe Mixon and said, "I'm going to give you Derrick Henry, straight up for Joe Mixon," he probably he might have said yeah, or he might have said, "Give me a wide receiver too, a low end wide receiver with it." He might could have got away with that. If you believe that the the 203 is, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like Derrick Henry and the 203 was too much to give up for just Joe Mixon. And then the other way around, the guy who gave up Joe Mixon he got Derrick Henry and Dawson Knox. I'm not a Dawson Knox guy, but he, he gave up a 2023 second rounder as well. 
So they all seem to give up. The, the other two who acquired the running backs seem to give up a little bit to get a little bit more, maybe. But I think the person who just gave away Dawson Knox for the two second rounders, I think they came out the, the best on this. Uh, the two people who swapped running backs, it is what it is. I think Derrick Henry, of course, may outscore Joe Mixon, but Derrick Henry is going on 28 years old. Joe Mixon just turned 25. So you're going to have a few more years on Joe Mixon. Next trade we got for you guys, Cordero Patterson and a 2022-202 was traded away to get Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery. This is easy for me, man. Give me David Montgomery in Dynasty. I'm getting a younger back. I'm giving up the older guy in Cordell Patterson. Giving up a 202, but I'm getting back a younger back who he has potential to be a running back one as we saw him not this past year, but the year prior finish that way. Yes, he has some injury concerns, um, but hopefully with a new regime out there in Chicago, they'll be able to utilize him as he was utilized a couple years ago because he has shown that he can be a really good running back. So give me David Montgomery in this situation. Up next... We got Lamar Jackson traded away to acquire, and this was in a 12-team super flex, to acquire Amari Cooper, Tua Tungavaloa, and the 104 this season. Man. Um, this one's tough, man, because... I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan, but as we always say here, man, um, we want to take the most tradable assets. We're trading away Lamar Jackson. We're getting two or we're getting the 104. We're getting Amari Cooper. These are more assets that I could flip and trade away, especially if Tua starts to connect and click with uh, Tyreek Hill continuing to click with Jalen Waddle, you know, and their offense starts to move and he's putting up fantasy points, I can then flip him for something else. Um, or you can immediately flip him after you uh, trade away Lamar Jackson. For some, per- some, for some people who believe that Tua may be the answer, they may be uh, fantasy viable with all the weapons that he currently has now. And then you can also, you can flip that 104 as well. Um, you might hold on to Amari Cooper to see how he fares with um, Deshaun Watson being out there in Cleveland. So I, I believe, yeah, I'm going to take the players, the package. I'll take the package here, uh, trading away Lamar Jackson to get two of the 104 and Amari Cooper. That's a good trade. That's a good trade. I can see both sides of this one. 
And finally, we have the 101, the 203, a 2023. They call it a late first. I hate when people do this shit. First off, you believe it's going to be a late first. You don't know it's going to be a late first. The person who you traded that pick for. So, like, if you if you yourself believe it, it's going to be a late first, you have so much uh, confidence in your team, right? You got so much confidence in your team that you believe it's going to be a late first. Or some people take picks that they acquire from other people and they be like, oh, that's going to be a late first. You don't know what the fuck is going to happen. You can't say it's going to be a late first. Yes, we assume, we, we categorize all picks as, most people, they, they categorize it as being early pick. Some people, me, I just categorize a first-round pick is a first-round pick is a first-round pick. A first-round pick, to me, is the potential of drafting a top-12 player. That's how I feel about it. I don't give a damn if you think the pick is going to be late. We've seen teams fall apart through injury, and then that pick turns into the 101. We've seen this shit happen. So when people say, this is 2023 late first, you don't know that it's going to be a late first. You're assuming that it's going to be a late first because you're confident in your team. Unless that motherfucker is tanking. You don't know what that pick is going to be. And anybody who traded away a first is not tanking. So, yes, you're going to say that it's going to be a late first. But if injuries happen and they got to pivot midseason to go into full tank, I don't think they would want to tank if they don't have that pick anymore. But some people do it. It is what it is. But the 101, the 203, a 2023 first and Chase Claypool giving away to acquire Jamar Chase, Albro, the tight end from the Denver Broncos, and a 302. And this was actually a poll, and the poll was unanimous that people would take Jamar Chase. Look, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think the hype around Jamar Chase is just so high that people just assume that like me personally I'm I'm not giving away Brees Hall a 2023 first round pick Chase Claypool and a 20 in a, in a 20 in a 203 just to get Jamar Chase hell no no Albert O means nothing to me I don't give a fuck if Russell Wilson is coming to that team and they traded away uh, Noah Fant. Alberto means nothing to me. In in twelve team leagues, the thir- a third round pick is a dart throw for me. Only thing I'm getting back is Jamar Chase for this. Like, no, I'm not giving this up. I got the one hundred and one. I got a a twenty twenty three first. I got Chase Claypool. I could. Come up with something else to try to acquire a stud wide receiver here. 
You don't give up too many assets to acquire stud wide receivers. Now, I know people are outrageous. They want to say, oh, I'm not trading Jamar Chase away unless I'm getting the 101 and another first. And I'm not giving you that, man. That's just not happening. It's not happening. If I was in a position where, you know, even though even the 102, I'm not thinking about giving up because we all know that the 101, most people are going to pick Brees Hall. And at the 102, then I have my pick of the litter. I'm not, I'm not doing that for right there. That's something that I also take into consideration as well. If I have the 102 and we already know who's picking the 101, we all understand what the consensus 101 is going to be unless somebody does something crazy. Which it could happen. That person that has the one on one could be like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going. I'm going against consensus. You never know what'll happen. So if you were at that one o two, maybe even that one o three, if I'm in the first three picks, I'm not trading that pick away prior to being in the draft room. Prior to the draft being. When the draft is going on, then I'm fielding calls for that. That's when I'm fielding calls for those, for the one, for the second and the third, maybe even the fourth, anywhere within, maybe even five. The top five, if I'm in the top five picks, I'm not looking to trade those picks away until we're in the draft so I can see where people fall. You want to maximize the value that you're getting from those picks, man. Maximize the value that you're getting from those picks. And I want to stop this nonsense about this draft class sucks, so I'm just giving away these picks. Like, this draft class, the the 2022 draft class sucks. Just give away those picks. You don't need them. Just trade them away. Like, one, you have to understand that. When you have a first-round pick and you're taking your player in the first round, you've got a year on the next person. You've got one year on that person. I see you guys out here. I mean, they got they got no 2022 first-round picks. They got no 20. They got no 2022 picks at all because they said this draft class sucks. I'm loading up on 2023 picks. Okay, so what happens when players in this 2022, the whole draft, the draft class overall could suck, right? It could be bad. That's fine. But what happens when there's players that are hitting in this motherfucking draft, right? There's players that are hitting in this draft. They they came out, they played this, this first year, and they balled out. First year, we've seen people ball out first year. Jamar Chase balled out. Justin Jefferson balled out first year. C.D. Lamb balled out first year. You know, Jerry Judy played really good first year, and people were trading him away. People were trading him, getting top assets for him, just getting top-of-the-line packages and hauls for these guys because they balled out one year. You're one year up on these guys, right? So somebody hits in this 2022 class, and then all of a sudden, even though you like that 20, and this is what people do all the time, even though you like that class, like people love the 2021 class, 
People were in love with it. They were like, oh, my God, you got all of these quarterbacks. Oh, man, we got, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence. You got Justin Fields. You got Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Matt Jones. Like, you got all of these places. Then you got the running backs, Najee Harris. People were in love with the 2021 class, right? They were in love with the 2021 class. But players from the previous draft class that were hidden, people were like, oh, I'll trade away that 2021 first for this guy. Jonathan Taylor's balling. Of course I'll trade away the 2021 first for him. That's the same thing that's going to happen here. If players within this draft class start balling, it don't matter how in love with that 2023 class you are, you'll trade away that first-round pick for, for that guy because you want that known production. Nav is with everybody. So I personally, when I'm going through, man, I do not trade away my first-round picks. I don't trade away a first-round pick unless I'm getting a known producing asset. And when I talk about a known producing asset, I'm talking about somebody who is at least a mid two, mid two in their position, so running back two, wide receiver two, you know, it's got to be at least that, but has the potential to be a low end one, top 12. So when we talk about mid, we're talking 17, 18, maybe 19, who has the potential to jump up into that top 12, that that top 12 one tier. That's what we're talking about there. I don't trade away first round picks unless we're talking about that. And I don't trade away multiple first round picks for no goddamn body. I don't care who the fuck it is. I'm not trading multiple first round picks away for nobody. Things in fantasy football change too fast for you to do things of that nature. Perfect example would be Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, this guy was, he was a world beater. Everybody wanted him. He was the man. Everybody was looking looking to get him, to acquire him for their team. They were giving up, people were giving up multiple first-round picks to have him, and it was like, yeah, we got a, a a running back, excuse me, a wide receiver on your team for the next 10. Stop listening to those people who say that bullshit too, man. You got you to gotta stud on your team for the next 10 years. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you do not. Stop thinking that far ahead of the situation. People think that way. And they, they say that stuff about Patrick Mahomes. They say that stuff about Justin Jefferson. They say that about everybody. They said that about Calvin Ridley. They said, you got a, a, a stud wide receiver on your team for the next 10 years. It's hyperbole. It's exaggeration. And you shouldn't believe it. We don't think that far into the future, man as far as fantasy football is concerned, because things change so quickly. We are in three-year windows. 
within three years. Can I win championships in three years with the guys that I have? If I cannot, then we're pivoting. We're going to constantly pivot. Keep trading away these players. Don't bog yourself down with thinking that you're going to have these guys on your rosters for the next 10 seasons. It's not going to happen. So things change so quickly in fantasy football. If you were one of those people who gave up multiple first-round picks for Calvin Ridley, you were now holding on to Calvin Ridley like, man, what the fuck am I going to do with this guy? He's suspended for the whole season. By the time he comes back, he's going to be, I believe he's going to be 28, 29. How old is Calvin Ridley right now, man? See, these are things like we, we want to discuss. We want to have these conversations because this is what is happening. And we're giving up. You know, we're giving up primo positions and slots. In fantasy drafts, in the rookie drafts, because we believe that we're going to have a guy for fucking 10 years. You're not going to have a guy for 10 fucking years, man. Like, he's 27 years old. He'll be 28 this December. He'll be 28 during this season. And he's suspended for the whole year. He's suspended for the whole year. And he'll be 28 coming back. And then, yo, you got a stud receiver for the next 10 years. That's what they said it in last offseason, before the season started. That's what they were saying. And people were trading, were trading away multiple first-round picks to get Calvin Ridley. I ain't going to even lie to you, bro. I traded assets to get Calvin Ridley. I traded assets, to, but the, I think the trade that I did, I acquired uh, him and Derrick Henry. Both both players didn't finish the season for me, but either way, it was even I fell into the trap of, I didn't fall into the trap of I'm thinking that he was going to be viable for me for, you know, 10 years. That's not how I play fantasy football. Again, I, I was going after him because I was looking to win now. It was a win-now situation for me. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to win now, and I went after guys who I thought were going to help me get the W, get the W right then and there. That's what I was looking at. And I actually got that trade. I put, I'm pulling it up for you guys here. Actually, I think I... I sort of kind of went out on that trade. I, I gave up uh I gave up a 2022 first rounder. Um I gave up Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, and Henry Ruggs. So I gave up Henry Ruggs, J.K. Dobbins, Javante Williams, and I believe all of this happened earlier in the season. It was I think it was like one week, two weeks into the season, I did this this trade. Two weeks into the season, it was, again, Henry Ruggs, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Javante Williams, 
and a 2022 first round pick. This is the one of the few times that I traded away a first round pick, and I got Derrick Henry, Calvin Ridley, and a 2022 second for those guys. So it was one of those things where I was trying to, I was going for the win. I was going for the win. Um, and those guys that I traded for didn't finish the season. So, you know, pivoted out. Shit happens. But you keep on moving. You keep on moving. And that, that, that but that's, that is an example of you trading for something and it changing so fast that you believed, yo, I'm going to win. So you were, I was confident in my team. I'm going to win this league. Confident in my team. I'm going to win this league. Traded away that first round pick, thinking it was going to be late. It still is. I think it's. It, it was right at the cusp. It is still late. Uh, made the playoffs, so it's still late. Um, but still, that's one of those things where you think it's going to be the latest as possibly could be. You're going to win this league. Didn't end up winning that league, but again, because things change so fast, you don't want to give up multiple first-round picks for this type of stuff. And then, of course... People will be like, well, you gave up Javante Williams. Like, he's a, he's a stud. Like, I was – I'm that team that I had – that team that I have there is, is pretty loaded. It's, it's pretty loaded. Javante Williams – because I had hoarded running backs in that fucking league. <laughs> like, I had, I had hoarded running backs in that league. I had all the backs. Like, I had all the backs in that league. I think I got – I got Jonathan Taylor, uh, Joe Mixon, um, A.J. Dillon, Cam Akers, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey. Like, I was Saquon Barkley. I was hoarding running backs in that league. I, I was trading away everything possible to get all these great running backs. Um... I had Javante Williams. So I again traded for for uh Derrick Henry. But I drafted well. I drafted well and I and I traded for running backs that I thought were talented. Again, that's something that I do that other people do not do. I, I'm I'm an avid guy when it comes to the running backs. Because of the positional scarcity, people are more willing to trade you away pretty decent assets, to trade away pretty decent assets to get a good running back, even if it's just for this season, maybe next season. So when you go out there and you're looking and you're finding those gems, like I found, like I, I was one of those people who knew that Elijah Mitchell was going to be pretty good. I I personally was telling guys, yo, you can get him late 
eventually he's going to rise to to the top in San Francisco. People get injured all the time. Stash him. People say, no, man, it's Trey Sermon. Trey, I ain't like Trey Sermon. I thought Trey Sermon was too slow to play in the Shanahan system. Look at him on the field. He looks slow to me. I don't believe he's good enough to play in that system. But people are still holding on to him. They're like, Trey Sermon is going to be the guy. Okay, man. All right. Yeah. At some point, maybe. But for right now, this is where we're at. You know? But I will be back with you guys on Thursday with the running back reflection episodes. We're going to finally put those out. And then next week... We'll get into some rookies, man. We'll talk some rookies. Uh, we're getting closer to the draft. We'll talk some rookies where we have them slotted. Um, ones, guys we like, guys we don't like. We'll talk about that. Um, this is a pretty deep wide receiving class, um, as they are saying. I've already scouted. A few guys. I start from the low end and then work my way up. So some of these big name guys, the ones that are going, that they're projecting to go at the top of the tops, like the Gary Wilson, the Traylon Burks, uh, you know, uh, Drake London, those types of guys. I haven't actually watched film on them yet. I've watched some of the lower level guys uh, within this draft class. And I'm liking some of these guys, man. So we'll talk about some of the guys that I think that if they fall in the right situation, they'll be pretty good. Um, we'll talk about other things. We'll talk about the rookies a little bit more in depth after the draft. Um, and the reason being is because I know everybody likes landing spots. Everybody likes landing spots. They like landing spots on a landing spot. Look, I understand landing spots are great for you to 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 find you like. You think that this guy, he's in the right situation. But we're also looking at, we, we we also have to understand that teams are drafting these guys not for immediate success all the time. They're drafting these guys to put them into position to be successful. They believe that if these guys train within their system that they have, then they will be great. And we have to think that way as well when we're talking about fantasy football. We have to understand that if this guy's skill set fits what this coach is trying to do, even if they don't have immediate success, we want to still look at them. So we'll be doing that after the NFL draft. But before the NFL draft, we'll talk about some of the guys that I scouted, I looked at, and I think are really good. I appreciate you guys listening to me as always. This has been Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. I've been your fantasy football mentor, Antoine Waslicker. Be true to thine self. Embrace your addiction. And as always, champ, earn your chip. I'll see you on the next one. I'm out.